Hello, and welcome to the As You Are podcast. It has been an incredible Advent season. We have loved celebrating with you girls week after week in our little mini podcast. This is the fourth and final Sunday of Advent, and we're going to look at love and the word Emmanuel. So settle in. Hi, ladies. You will not believe this, but I have a funny story. Anna and I prepped and prepped and prepped because this is the last week of Advent, and we were so excited. We recorded our Advent Love podcast, and today when I sat down to edit it, I texted Anna and said, oh no, I'm not seeing your audio, and she said, oh my gosh, Emily, it's gone. It's been deleted. So she tried to find it, could not find it. The file was empty. So here I am after we deliberated and tried to figure out what was the best thing to do. And we realized that I was just going to have to recap what we talked about because she is out of town for a wedding and it's the Christmas season and things start getting crazy next week. So here I am. I'm going to recap it. And my heart goes out to Anna, who is so stressed and sad that this audio just disappeared. I feel so bad for her. (laughs) And I'm just going to do my best to recap what we talked about. Luckily, we had written notes. Anna will be with you on Wednesday for our little Advent love mini session. So don't worry, you'll get to hear her voice one more time before the end of the Advent season. But if you haven't been listening along with us, I'm going to quickly recap the three previous weeks of Advent and the different things that we've been studying. So the first week we talked about Advent hope. We invited all of us, including Anna and me, ourselves, to come and see what Jesus has for us in this Christmas season, ways that he wants to deepen our understanding of God's plan through the Christmas story and what he's even continuing to do today through his people. So I thought that week one, Hope, was so great. If you didn't listen to it, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. Week two, we talked about peace. Deep down, each of us are craving peace in our life. We talked about Isaiah 9, 6, where... Jesus was described as many things in this prophecy, but one of them was the Prince of Peace. He was sent by God to completely flip the script of how we imagine a ruler to be. He was here to establish and herald peace. It makes him so unique and special and trustworthy. He's completely powerful, but also he wants us to experience his peace. Week three, we talked about joy, which I think was my favorite, actually. I have been meditating so much more on joy since we talked about this, but as we've been reading the Christmas story and we see these different encounters with Jesus, like the Magi and the shepherds experienced such incredible joy that was described in detail in the story, we realized that these encounters with Jesus, they cause a reaction of joy in our hearts, because we were created to know Him. And so I loved that we talked about the difference between happiness and joy, because they can coexist, but they are not the same thing. And and the thing that God wants for us is this joy that exists 
through any circumstance. We encouraged a prayer where we basically said, God, would you comfort me in a way where I can experience joy through any circumstance? So if any of you have been praying this and experiencing new types of joy, please DM us and let us know. We just want to be in this with you. And I've been praying that personally, and I have been experiencing and even just noticing new joy in my life. I think sometimes it's about taking the space and time to notice. But that brings me to today. This is the fourth Sunday and final Sunday of Advent, and we are going to talk about love. Specifically, I want to talk about the name and the word Emmanuel, which means God with us. So why did God send Jesus? And we know from Scripture that the answer is because he was compelled by his love for us. I'm going to read a passage that some of us may even have committed to memory. John 3:16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. A lot of things stand out to me in those verses, but the one I really want to hone in on is, for God so loved the world that. That is his reason for everything. He loved all of us so much that he knew a great sacrifice had to be made and he was willing to make it. So that's why I want to talk about Emmanuel today, because God with us was God's ultimate act of love for his people. So I'm going to take a closer look into each one of these words, God with us. And I have a challenge for you after each one of these words. I won't keep you for too terribly long, but settle in with me and let's really dive into Emmanuel and what this means for us today. You may have heard us saying at the very beginning of Advent season that the word Advent comes from the Latin word Adventus, which means coming. The Advent season creates a sense of longing and anticipation in our hearts because we know that we get to celebrate the birth of Jesus, just as they had prophesied for hundreds of years. The Son of God was born a human but fully God, walked on earth, died, rose again, and promised to return. He covered our sin and made us right with God. We can freely go to God. And so in some ways, things have been made incredibly right. And yet, the world is still so broken. Jesus promised to come back so that he could bring that shalom that we talked about, the perfect peace as it was intended to be. And so we are here in the already because Jesus came, but we're also in the not yet because Jesus has not yet returned to make the world as he intends it to be. So even though there is longing and there is waiting, we have so much hope because in this period of time, we are not alone. God is with us. And that is why the word Emmanuel is so important and so full of hope for us. 
So on this final Sunday of Advent, I want to lean into these three words, God with us and the task we've been given as followers of Christ moving forward. So this is an exciting day and a fun one for me. But let's start by taking a look at this question. What do you think of when you think about God? What words come to mind for you? How do you picture him? He wants you to know him. He wants you to know how big and powerful and close and caring he really is. But how much space are you allowing him in your life to actually get to know him? A really easy way to start is to look up the names of God that we see referenced throughout Scripture. There are lists on Google, and you can find them. You can find the references and and read through the stories of why is somebody choosing to describe God in this way? What ways is he showing up for people that would cause them to describe God in this way? And so I'm going to go through just a few to get you started. So these names are Hebrew names that are written out with English letters so that we could have a chance at pronouncing them. But you may have heard El Shaddai. There's a song called El Shaddai. That means the Lord God Almighty. A lot of these are simply unpronounceable for me, but I love this one, Jehovah Jireh. You may have heard this song called Jireh. If you haven't, look it up right now. Probably my favorite worship song ever. And that one means the Lord will provide. There's Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals. There's El Roy, the God that sees me. Man, don't you want to get to know who God really is? Do you need to be seen? Do you need to be healed? Do you need that peace? Do you need to be provided for? God wants to be that for us. He already is that. He just wants to be it for you. So will you let him? And that brings me to my first question of the day. Will you allow God to expand your view of who he is? That's it. Just ask him to show you who he really is. That brings us to word number two, with What does it mean that God is with us? This time of year, we are celebrating the birth of Jesus. And so in some ways, it's remembering that the promise was fulfilled. But it's also very literal about today as well. Um, There's a moment in John where we know that Jesus is preparing for his death. And so he's talking to his disciples and he says this, John 16, seven, but very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate and in parentheses, it says counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So he's talking about the Holy Spirit. How incredible that he calls the Holy Spirit an advocate, a helper, a counselor. I don't know about y'all, but that is exactly what I need. I need the Spirit of God to advocate 
for me. I need someone to guide me when I'm confused. I need someone to help me. I need comfort. I need that daily access to God. God is with us. We are never alone. Like the song that Anna sang on Wednesday, that was so touching to me, and it it stayed with me all week. We are never alone. God with us. The power that raised Christ from the dead is in you through the Holy Spirit. Don't miss how powerful that really is. So here's my question for you. Will you allow God to expand your view of what it means that he is with us? So we've come to the final word, us. God with us. Who is the us in this scenario and what exactly does that mean? I am going to go on a slight tangent for the sake of an illustration here and You're just going to have to bear with me. But I think that we have all used our faith as a means to prove ourselves. And let me explain what I mean. (laughs) We all, all have low (laughs) self-esteem. We all want to know that we are seen, that we're loved, and that we're good enough. That is at the core of what it means to be human. And one of the messed up ways that sometimes we do this is by competing with other people, by trying to prove that we are better, farther along, more right than other people. And this competition is, in my opinion, something that throws us off in two ways. It makes us miss that our faith is about walking closely with the creator of the universe. We have access to him and we choose rules and competition. That is silly. But also it makes us miss the us here in this word, that he intended the body of Christ as a gift to us. Instead of competing with each other, We could be partnering with each other, doing good, watching God move, and encouraging one another. It's not about who needs Him more, who's farther off track, who's spiritual enough. It's about the fact that we all need Him. So I want to lean into what it means to be a collective body, unified by love, and sent on a mission. We are charged as believers with making disciples. Now, I don't know what you think of when you hear the phrase making disciples. Maybe it makes you feel uncomfortable. (laughs) Maybe you're picturing the people that stand on the side of the road and yell, repent. I don't think it was intended to be either of those things. I think it was intended to be deeply relational and personal. And we, as the body of Christ, are God's plan for the world. So whether you're introverted, extroverted, any old kind of person, if you love God, our task is to love others, to spread the gospel. So I made a list of four different ways that I feel like we can lean in with our own gifting 
and make disciples. We can be a farmer, a fisherman, a messenger, or a priest. So I'm going to start with farmer. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I don't do any farming. And I'm willing to bet that you guys don't do any farming either. But all of us may have a person that we know or a family member that has at least a substantial garden or even a farm. I, I actually know some people who are whose family is in farming. But what a farmer does is very humble and intimate work. They spend time and such detail preparing the land for a crop. So I don't know if you've ever seen somebody out there like testing the pH of the soil. I know that we have to till the soil, like break it up in order to make it more receptive. And honestly, I'm just using words that I barely know and I don't really know what they are. But I mean, there are so many intricate ways to get to know the soil and get it ready for the crop that it needs to bear. I know that sometimes you have to wait years or months, a certain amount of time in between planting a new crop where an old crop has been. It is detailed work, and I dare say introvert-friendly <laughs> But what does it mean for you to be a farmer in a spiritual sense? It means you're prepping the soil for what God is going to do later in someone's life. It's intentional conversation. It's remembering things about their life and remembering to ask. Prepare that soil for whatever God wants to do in that person's life. You don't have to have the answers. You don't have to set up with your megaphone, or have any conversations that you don't want to have. But there is a way for you to use whatever God's doing in your life to help prepare the soil for whatever he's going to do in theirs. So item number two, you could be a fisherman. Now this is something that I do not like to do. Oh, maybe I'll maybe I'll start fishing. Maybe I'll just give it a try. But cuz I haven't given it a fair shot, but here's what I know based on a teeny tiny bit of research about fishing. The fish don't come to you. You go where the fish are. So, if you look back on certain stories from the Bible, you see how these fishermen by trade, like for their living, they had to go catch fish, and so they really had to learn how to do it. So they would go and kind of figure out where these fish would be, and they would strategically place themselves where they needed to be to catch that type of fish. And so here is the challenge. Are you friends with any people that don't know Jesus? And if the answer is no, do you know where you could go to be around them? Then I would encourage you to go. But if the answer is yes, you do, have you gotten to a place in your relationship where you feel like you can share what you're about and share pieces of the hope that you have in Jesus? This is just food for thought and probably more for you extroverts out there. Now, I want to talk about being a messenger. This one, to me, 
really stands out and it's pretty cool because Anna and I were talking about how several places in the Bible, the word for angel was translated as messenger. And so I love the idea of being a spiritual messenger. It's crazy that God would trust us with that role, but he does. So the question is, will you allow yourself to be used? There have been a lot of situations like this that God has used in my life as a major source of encouragement. But recently, I was just feeling a little bit down on myself. And I will never forget this, but my sister-in-law texted me out of the blue. And she said, hey, I was just at worship at The Grove, which is um, it's a women's event once a month at Passion City Church in Atlanta. But she said, I was at worship and you just came to mind. And I just wanted to let you know that you matter so much and you are so loved. I felt like I was supposed to tell you that. And for me, that just meant so much. And I want to tell you specifically why it meant a lot. I didn't just see it as a positive text from her, which, by the way, I do see it as that because that is so kind to text somebody encouragement. But I also got to experience one of the ways that God works, which is through the body of Christ. I have been praying for encouragement and for clarity on my kind of my purpose. And it was answered clearly. I felt this is what this is about by her text. So God moving in her to speak to me strengthens my faith and answers my prayer. So don't forget that there are a lot of mundane seeming moments in your life that are intended to be used to strengthen the faith of the people that you love. And in turn, it strengthens your own faith as well. I told her, wow, I feel like this is directly from God. Thank you so much. And then she realizes that God's at work. It's just so cool the way the body of Christ works, the way that he uses all of us as a collective body to remind us how good he is and how powerful he is and how much he sees us. Last but not least, there is the priest. And I think that this one is unique in all of us. Every single Christian needs to be reminded of our role as a priest. So let me clarify, because I'm sure that most of us, including me, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm not qualified to be a priest. And I'm not. But because of Jesus, we're made right with God and we can go to him directly in prayer. Historically, you would see throughout scripture that people had to a priest had to go on people's behalf to God. And because of Jesus, we have the privilege to go directly to God. And so we can act as a priest for our either unbelieving or struggling friends. Here's your little reminder that we should already be praying this way for ourselves. I loved Anna's podcast last week where she talked about, I believe, but help my unbelief. Lord, help those moments where I am struggling and help these ways that I don't believe I want to believe. So we should already be praying for ourselves because <laughs> none of us are perfect. But 
we get the privilege to go on behalf of our friends, our loved ones, our family, or even strangers, or people that we just met, to God in prayer. I don't know about y'all, but I've especially realized this time of year when things are so busy that I don't make enough time for prayer. And I definitely don't make enough time to pray for other people. I think it's really powerful what the Holy Spirit will bring to your mind when you're praying intentionally for somebody else. He wants to involve you in what He's doing. I challenge you at least one time over this holiday season to sit down and spend your entire quiet time praying for a handful of friends. I mean, just write down the people that you want to pray for and get specific. It is not just for them. It's also for you. It's a huge exercise in faith, and I think that you will see the power of prayer come alive in your life. This is called intercessory prayer for anybody who likes fancy words, but you get to intercede on behalf of others. How cool is that? That you can see somebody struggling and you can go to God for them. I just think that's such a beautiful picture of the body of Christ and how it was intended to function. So here is the question that I have for you about the word us. Will you allow God to expand your view and understanding of what it means to be part of the body of Christ? So to recap these three important questions and to kind of tie a bow on what Advent means, will you allow God to expand your view of who He is, what it means for Him to be with us, and what it means to be a part of the collective us, the body of Christ sent out on a mission. I love you girls, and I can't think of a more important way to ramp into Christmas. We get to look at the real meaning of Christmas and why it is full of so much hope for all of us. I need y'all to know that I do not have this more figured out than y'all, and I'm so grateful to have my community of people that I can study the Bible with and have these important conversations with. So you girls are just a huge part of the body of Christ and what that means for me in my life. So I wanted to say thank you for walking through this Advent season with us. It has been really special for me, and I hope it has been for you as well. So let's pray together. God, the season of Advent has truly created a sense of anticipation and longing in my heart. I am so grateful for an opportunity to take a closer look with fresh eyes at your plan for us and your love for us. Thank you for Jesus. And thank you that we don't have to be perfect. We don't have to do enough. We don't have to atone for our sins. All of this is accomplished in the person of Jesus. And we are so grateful that he was born this time of year so many years ago. We are so grateful for the path that he laid out for us to have a relationship with you. Would you show us what it means to be part of the body of Christ, 
to go out and make disciples. Would you show us more of yourself and what it means that you're with us? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, that's all I have for y'all today. This is our last Sunday podcast of the year. Anna will be back on Wednesday with our final mini podcast on Advent love. But then we're taking a week off to be with our families and just kick our feet up. So we will see you in 2023, which is crazy, but we're so excited. Bye.